Hi everyone, my name's Stephen Handysides and welcome to an exciting podcast. I have a very special guest, Nadia Herzl, uh, who's the conference and events uh, coordinator at AUT Events in New Zealand. So another awesome interview uh, with someone locally in New Zealand. Nadia, welcome. Hi there, thank you so much for inviting me today. And it's, what a hot summer we're having, aren't we? Oh, it's incredibly hot, yes. And tell me a little bit about uh, the background of um, your experience. Now, I've seen, you know, you've spent a large part of your life uh, in Europe, uh, overseas. I I looked at UK, Switzerland. It looks like you've had a really interesting life and you've played in many roles, um, you know, especially within healthcare, um, events, marketing, different types of roles. And now you're at, uh, you know, one of the universities, AUT, uh, running... Uh, their events and I think they're probably going to be very different types of events so I'm sure our listeners are really interested to learn a little bit more about how you go about um, you know hosting events whether they're they're small or large so um, yeah if you could just kick off and give us a little bit about uh, your background over the last sort of 20 years yeah sure so um, I'm a Kiwi um, born and bred in Auckland I studied medical laboratory science here at Auckland, actually at AUT when it was called uh, Auckland Technical Institute many, many years ago. (laughs) Um, So after I worked for a couple of years in a laboratory at Greenland Hospital, um, I traveled to London and did my big OE and I had the intention of moving into diagnostic sales. Um, I just felt the lab work was a little bit sort of old school. Um, So I worked in a couple of really important labs over there, um, SmithKline Beecham Labs, I worked in a strange enough um, an aesthetic uh, clinic in Harley Street and a communicable diseases lab also in London. I did dabble in sales and I covered the London region and the south of uh, the UK. Um, I wasn't very good at the sales. I didn't really have any training, so I <laughs> sort of blame a little bit on that. <clears throat> um, then after my two-year working holiday visa ran out, I took some time out and um, I decided to do a sabbatical in Lugano, which is an Italian city in Switzerland, and my aim was to um, to improve my Italian that I had learned at university years beforehand. So I started off, I was a nanny there, um, something quite different and just really an easy life. Um, then I eventually decided I wanted to have a serious job and I planned to stay there. So I, I started work as a receptionist and then I moved into customer service and um, this led me into a role of medical marketing at a company called Actimed Services. And there, um, my role was um, searching and scanning uh, medical abstracts on various themes and products um, for the pharmaceutical industry and basically looking for good articles that spoke well about their products that we could then use um, to sell them back to them uh, for marketing um, merchandise for their GPs, etc. From there, my experience with abstracts and my scientific background, and of course my English, opened up an opportunity for me at the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology, which I'll refer to um, as the EADV. So there I started out um, working on speaker invitations and then managing the accreditation for their continuing medical education and also dabbled a little bit in compliance until I moved on to the role of scientific manager and there um, I led a team of five um, and we covered everything sort of in the 
I suppose you could call it the scientific realm from um, invitations, abstract management, speaker management, social media, compliance, the program and patient organizations. And um, then after eight years there, I decided to return back home to New Zealand. So that was roughly one year before COVID. And um, I took on a short term position at AUT events, which is part of Auckland University of Technology. And um, I've been there ever since. And so I uh, sort of concentrate mainly on conferencing uh, at AUT events, although I do do some um, um, events as well, apart from the conferencing. So tell us a, a little bit about uh, your current role with um, a, AUT. What, what type of events uh, are you running? Are they uh, this, like small events or large events, or is, is it a mixture of both? What What's some of the sort of really engaging type of events that, that you guys have? Um, so obviously, uh, compared to the EADV, these are very different um, style of events, different clients. So every event we have a different client. It's all about um, getting familiar with them and you know their jargon. Um, so with the university, there are many faculty. Um, they all organise their own um, events, their own workshops. Um, I do mainly conferencing. So. This can often be a small conference that's organized for a particular um, faculty, or it could be an international conference that they have um, sort of put a bit out to to host in, in New Zealand. Um, aside from that, um, we will do anything from graduations, uh, workshops, exhibitions, um, taking into account this is a university, we have a lot of uh, student-based events, uh, we have uh, student open days, uh, we have excellence awards, um, we have um, updates from our vice chancellor. And so these are a lot of the internal events. And then we also have external events. So we're trying to sort of ex expand um, and go outside and externally. And so we'll do anything um, all from uh, farewell dinners, uh, we've been doing weddings at the moment, um, big sort of training events so some of um for example some of the clients that we have worked with are the new zealand olympic committee um i recently uh, led the project of apec voices of the future which was during the apec leaders week um yeah a little bit of everything um we're sort of quite open i think as well we're quite lucky because aut actually has um uh, six 600 plus spaces that we can actually use so um, due to the fact that many of the hotels in Auckland are now being used for um, MIQ <laughs> yeah. or managed isolation, That's right. um, this gave us an opportunity to sort of gain a little bit of new business. So we have these spaces where we can host you know, a lot of external events. That's fantastic. And so how has it, uh, how has it changed, um, I suppose, over the last couple of years? It's been, it has been difficult, I think, for a lot of events organisers where uh, you know they've got a busy uh, calendar of events, and then something like this pandemic hits, and then everyone sort of has to pivot and figure out how can they still run events, but maybe differently. So, what what's your experience been in that in terms of running virtual or hybrid events, or did you guys, or did you just take a break uh, from that? Um, well, it was quite shocking when it all happened, um, and for us, it happened rather quickly. We had one of our best years ever planned out for um, 2020 and also 2021. Um, 
many of the internal events obviously uh, cancelled or postponed um, and same with the external events and then for the conferencing um, we decided that we had to do something and keep up with what was out there so we went um, on the sort of the virtual um, the virtual sort of uh, direction um, as I say um, when one month of us going into lockdown here I hosted my first online event um, I can't say it was <laughs> that successful <laughs> um, but yeah we got through and now um, a large proportion of our uh, conferences especially are um, online um, they probably um, will be hybrid in the future um, then some of our other events like for example our excellence awards which we had last week which was ex um, had an audience sort of expectation of around 400 people that went online um, because we have the space at AUT we have a studio where we can set up um, a nice little recording area and we can bring in carpeting and cameramen and anything extra to what we already have in house and um, then stream out so um, that's sort of a little bit of a direction at the moment to improve what we have um, in the virtual sort of sphere and you know at the moment and I suppose you know as an events organizer the technology was really left to the AV people wasn't it <laughs> in the live in a live setting uh, when you were like streaming onto the the screens um, within an event but I, I suppose how did you feel confident or was it were you nervous because uh, you know in terms of you know all this other technology now that that's come in for people to be able events organizers to be able to scale or run more frequency of events using sort of virtual software was there a little bit of reluctancy or a little bit of fear um at the beginning well, from my side i was actually quite excited and um, funnily enough one of my um first experiences of a virtual event i think was in 2011 and i traveled to a an event in liverpool and it was a hybrid event and uh, i remember thinking this is where everything is going to head this is the direction and um unfortunately all the feedback i got from other people in the industry were no 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 this isn't what we want and we're going to lose business um and so um as uh, Stephen, you've possibly seen in the industry, there has been a lot of reluctance until we really had to do it. And now I see some of the big medical associations, they've, you know, gone, you know, sort of the full, the full hog and are really doing amazing things. Um, from our side, um, we knew we had to do it. Uh, so we created a team and we put in a project leader. And, and what we started out doing was we um, attended any online event that we could to get some ideas and tips. And then uh, we followed with any virtual um, events webinars that were um, sort of free or very low cost. Um, some of the um, sort of events uh, groups that are here in, in Auckland and New Zealand hosted many sort of virtual event webinars. So that was quite handy for us. And then we organized uh, meetings with some of these experts and we brought them into our offices and tried to prick their brains and get some ideas of you know what we should be doing. And we then trialed and tested a couple of apps. So we decided that we'd probably, you know, go down the app uh, route with, um, so we could sort of involve um, networking um, as best we could. And then um, we created our own in-house virtual e event from home. So um, there were three of us. We had our Zoom links. Uh, we had some slides. We had a topic that we'd speak about. 
and uh, it really gave us the feeling of what it was like um, to be a speaker, to experience the whole virtual um, sort of world, uh, and also um, sort of deal with the the problems and the challenges we had with our own internet connectivity. Um, since then, um, we've obviously sort of moved on and we generally use a um, sort of a bit more of a cheaper um, app because of uh, most of our clients obviously have limited budget. Um, and we share our experiences after each event now, uh, whether they're positive or negative, we um, really do go over everything with a fine tooth comb. And we do regular debriefing sessions with our AV team. Uh, we're all very hands-on. Um, so they do a lot of the work, but we try and do as much as we can as well. So we really understand how it all works. So we can answer the questions um, that our clients ask and you know really get a feel of what is going on. And um, also to help our, um, our, our speakers and presenters, we've created really detailed guidelines for them everything from what you need to set up your um, your PC, your background, your lighting, your sound, and even how to um, sort of implement or put in a virtual background, little things like that that, you know, we, we don't take anything for granted. We also do presenter rehearsals, and um, I personally sit in all of them and make sure that our speakers feel comfortable, they know what they're doing. And um, the last thing we did, we really created um, a couple of packages um, based on pricing and sort of the virtual event needs of our clients. So we've just got a few systems, a few packages that we're using, and we always use the same ones. So we try and improve where things maybe don't go right, and um, yeah, just focus on the, the same ones each time. That's great. Look, I think, you know, it sounds like, you know, as I say, you, you, you spot uh, challenges, I suppose, a, along the way, and it's quite interesting you mention about uh, speakers and you know the different types of backgrounds it like we had where we ran a couple of our own like global medical uh, conferences you know we had speakers from 32 different countries and <laughs> it was you know we actually created uh templates because we knew this was going to happen so we created yeah specific backdrops and and it, it's so for anyone listening out there that are running events i, I feel that's really important if you can yeah. give people consistent backgrounds, uh, so it looks really phenomenal when everyone's got the same background, um, because it is very varied. Um, it is hard with the lighting and and also the sound. Um, you know, having a video production agency for uh, fifteen years, um, you know, everyone was. I suppose the difference between professional versus someone at home is is really that lighting and sound. But now there's lots of isn't it lots of tools that people can buy uh, on the internet that can help them improve that quality uh you know when when doing it at home so oh, i'm really really happy that uh, you know you guys have employed a lot of really great techniques and and speaker training you know not just in person but also virtually i think it's it's important oh absolutely you have you have to um i think back to one of my events that i did last year and it was an international event um, with young leaders, so aged from about 18 to 25 year olds. And um, they obviously hadn't had a lot of experience presenting. And we had people sitting on the end of their bed, um, be the bed wasn't made. Um, <laughs> we had people sitting in, um, obviously the university, um, in a an atrium somewhere with the windows open, the birds chirping and people going past. So yeah, these are little things that, that do distract people. So it's nice just to, Give them some 
um, guidelines and people maybe don't think about you know some of the most obvious you know things um, and I think we all know remember you know we've seen where children you know come in on calls or maybe pets and things like that which we're all quite happy with but yeah it's, it's, if we can keep them as professional as possible that's what we, we try and sort of guide them along that way yeah I think I think everyone's got used to now dogs barking and uh, even yeah. even chickens uh, um, going off it's um, yeah I, it and it's I think no matter how many events you do, if you are keeping them live, it th- there's always that uh, possibility that something's going to go wrong or that um, you know people's internet is not strong. Um, and and I think it's I think for any type of um, company that's putting events company that's putting on an event, it's how quickly you respond to that. And I think um, you know people will have problems because they're got different software on their phones uh, when logging in they could be doing um, having an old version of Safari or Firefox and things so again I think what we've found is is quite useful is saying uh, and sending out a, a, a link to everyone to say this is the software that where you'll get the best experience without any sort of delays and things like that and I think again it's just having that technical support on the day isn't it just to help Absolutely. people um, have a seamless experience, but once people are in, I think again, it's it's that at first day, which I know with lots of events organisers, it is full on, and that's when things go wrong. Yeah. And then once you're going into the second day, or in the afternoon of the first, it sort of starts to settle down a little bit, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think as well, you have to be um, really flexible and be ready for anything, and just <laughs> be ready to jump in and assist and. Um, yeah, if you need to change or adapt, um, yeah. And I think one of the the classic, I, no matter how many conferences or events or how professional people are, you still will hear somebody say, "You're on mute." Oh yes. Um, I think yeah. we're never going. I've lost you. Um, you're frozen. <laughs> you're frozen on me. Oh, that's funny. I'm sorry about that, Stephen. That is brilliant. <laughs> you know, all these things happen to be flexible, and then it happens to me. Sorry. That is brilliant. No, I, I think uh, let's keep the podcast rolling because I just think that is hilarious. Because, okay. as you said, with uh, it can you know when people's microphones go on mute and you have to tell them to mute, and this is exactly what we're talking about: is when you're running sort of live sessions things can happen like this and things drop out and you know i think so where where we run events uh for example in third world cu- countries uh we have a lot of the time the events organizers are pre-recording a lot of the presenters content and so yeah. we have like 90 95 pre-recorded which is is they create it like a semi-live approach where it feels like a live event just takes away any possible risk of things dropping yeah, out. Absolutely. Yeah, where's what we've been doing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm at my parents' place and the Wi Fi's not great. So, this is the unfortunate reason. I thought it was going to be fine today. So. That's brilliant. No, it's every time I've, I've gone to other people's places and stuff when you, you don't know and uh, things yeah. have cut out. That's, that's, that's great. <laughs> oh. No, no, brilliant. So, look, hey, I think there's some there's been some really great you know great positives i suppose just some great learnings as well from from what 
uh, you've been doing at sort of AUT. Just with regards to uh, the EADV, in Europe, did you find that they ran events? Now, these are in-person events, but do they run events? Do they have a different sort of approach to running events than you find maybe in New Zealand? Um, oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think, yes, they do. Um, well, I'll give you an example for the EADV. Um, so it's a totally different setup in terms of the program creation. So um, they um, would create um, themes and then um, based after under themes, they would then create um, speaker topics and then um, speaker titles and then they would choose their speakers. Um, what I see, and I know that's a lot of how it is done with some other medical associations. Oh, sorry, no, I, I take it back. They base a lot of other medical associations base their programs on abstract selection. So you do a call for abstract, and then you choose your program or you make your program based on the abstracts that have been submitted. <clears throat> and that is what I have been seeing a lot in um, New Zealand as well. That's how they build their program um, based on. Um, you know, on their call for abstracts. So in uh, Europe as well, in the ADV, I saw that the focus was more on choosing um, more sort of relevant topics and maybe the best speakers. And um, it was choosing speakers also um, based on what would attract an audience. So um, obviously the sort of most, you know, the higher profile speaker that you have, the um you know sort of more likely they would hope that you'd get a sort of a, a higher attendance so that was kind of um sort of the way around it there um in, in what i've seen in new zealand it's really sort of a little bit um all over the show in terms of um uh, program creation um as well in new zealand um where i'm working with lots of different clients lots of different faculty um it's not really medical related so um, there is no sort of compliance issues to think about in Europe, especially for the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. Um, we had to take into consideration uh, all of the EU, EU compliance, so the uh, pharma codes of conduct and the medical devices codes of conduct, European laws um, and accreditation rules as well. And even now, uh, GDPR, which is um, sort of only really starting to come into New Zealand. So these are other factors that um, will eventually come in, but... Um, yeah, not really sort of doing too much around them now. Yeah, lots, lots more to consider. No, I, I, I do remember like just in terms of, I think the scale of events as well. You know, in in Europe, I mean, I think I remember working for Fisher and Paykel uh, and in marketing, and it was uh, kitchen, um, big sort of home shows, and you needed you needed a little car to drive around all the different. Um, buildings with all the different mm. displays it's just humongous isn't it oh, yeah <laughs> the, I, the exhibition you know for the you know but you're also talking um totally different scale and you know um you've got all of the um experts and the leaders all coming together at one time once a year and so you know whoever's exhibiting they just want that's their their one moment where they can go out there and spend <laughs> their budget yeah and, that's um, right get their get their you know put their message out there and get their their leads um where it's, it's quite different you know the smaller events here in new zealand oh look nadia it, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure uh oh, you know interviewing you, you and i i really do appreciate the time and it's it's just great to hear from so many events uh you know 
uh, coordinators, uh, thought leaders in the event side, and and it's just uh, great that uh, you know you're back in New Zealand and and running your events and sharing your experience from all those big events in Europe. So uh, no. I do miss the the big the big time feeling. Um, I I loved working for the um, the EADV. Um, it's quite a different scene here. Um, we've got some new um, big conference centres being built slowly. So who knows? Um, in the future, maybe some not as big as, but some biggish uh, international conferences will come here. I'm sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. Thank you so so much. You're welcome.